What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Tom Westerholm, joined by Chris Grenham and B Rob of MassLive.com. We are going to break down an absolute clunker of a summer league finale. The Celtics got demolished by Davion Mitchell and the Sacramento Kings, 100 to 67. The number one topic that everybody wants to kind of cover right at the outset is Lewis King absolutely should have been a first round pick the year that he came out. Just a stud. Every every team caught, you know, caught sleeping on, on, on Louis King. Tom, if we are doing summer league overreactions, you and I have some explaining to do about our Davion Mitchell takes. If we're going on draft takes, you and I were on the wrong side of tonight's outcome by a landslide. Look, man, yes. However, I was very high on Louis King. I just want that. I want that record. I want, I want the record to show that. So where did he go overall? He wasn't drafted. Oh, they, God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, they signed him to a two-way? Or what's the deal? Yeah, He was he, with Detroit, wasn't he? I think he was with Detroit on a two-way. Yeah. I had the classic Summer League moment tonight sitting in my living room, squinting at the TV. Is that Louis King? What? what? <laughs> yep. Like, oh, my God. That's it. <laughs> He was very good. He had five steals. He was everyone on the Kings seemed to be playing like 110% on the defensive end. It was absurd. All right. But like, I think that could bring us into our actual first topic here. Those five steals were very inflated by the Celtics. Absolutely having no idea how to dribble or pass. They, the Kings shot 42% from the field. Celtics shot 39%. And the Kings won because they took 36 more shots, 95 field goals to the Celtics 59. The Celtics had 28 turnovers and the Kings had 18 steals. So yes, Lewis King had five steals, but uh, everybody else had five steals too. Just like a, a truly, I mean, very difficult to watch performance. But honestly, I thought it was brought on by the Kings. Like I thought the Kings were just incredible tonight. I mean, the Kings were good, but... But the Celtics almost like forgot how to play basketball after the first five minutes, it seemed like on offense. Just simple, like pick and roll. And not that there's any like really good passers on this roster with, you know, Madar at sidelined and even Romeo came up playing her too. But it was, I mean, everyone in the starting five had three or more turnovers. Pritchard and Neesmith had six each. And it just was an assembly line of horrific passes in transition or even just basic ones in the pick and roll. I, it, Chris, this was just like, yikes. It was so, so bad. It was not what you expected after watching this team play really good basketball no. for the last week. Like they were really, really good and really smooth and the ball movement was crisp. And like you said, at the beginning of this game, like, all right, here we go again. They're going to have, you know, 20 plus assists is going to be a really, really pretty game. And the Kings came back after after that first punch. And then, like you said, the Celtics just forgot how to play basketball. There was horrific decision-making by basically everyone on the roster. And by the, by like the early third quarter, they just looked gassed. There were bad passes and bad decision-making, but all of their misses were short. There was tons of air balls, just like slow to get back in transition. It was just really ugly across the board. The reason I thought the Kings were really good is because I think the Celtics' biggest issue was that Mitchell just obliterated Pritchard. Pritchard had no real kind. I mean, he ended up with eight assists, but he had six points, three for nine shooting, six turnovers. Like so much of that was Davion Mitchell and, and the blitzes and all that. Joe Mazzula tried to say after the game, like, yeah, that was, you know, that was my fault. I could have put him in a better position. And like, maybe that's true. But at the same time, like Davion Mitchell was making pretty sure that no matter what position Peyton Pritchard was in, he was going to be uncomfortable. And I got to say like night off for, or off night, I should say for a nickname for Davion Mitchell is just a one, just a, just a perfect nickname. He was really, really impressed. 
impressive. And the fact that Peyton Pritchard never got going felt like the biggest reason to me that the Celtics struggled. Yeah, I had a lot of Kings fans in my mentions this afternoon saying Peyton Pritchard was going to have an off night. And I was like, all right, this nickname is kind of annoying, like all these people. But it's very, very accurate because Peyton Pritchard very much had an off night. He was just put in prison immediately by Davion Mitchell, which was not what we had seen from any defender against Peyton Pritchard thus far in Vegas. So really impressive. He lived up to his reputation of being that absurd on-ball defender with really, really impressive ball pressure. But it was kind of across the board. Like the Kings across the board played really good defense, really good ball pressure, and Peyton Pritchard leading the way here. But the Celtics really didn't get any great looks from three for the most part because they just weren't comfortable at all. The Kings didn't let them get into any rhythm whatsoever. So sometimes that's not something you see from a summer league team where there's just like across the board, really good team defense, really good individual defense. And they had it and it clearly flustered the Celtics offense. They just, they never got into any sort of rhythm. I will say this though, this train wreck didn't make me appreciate the last week of the Celtics actually playing like good offense and stuff like that because usually this is what we saw on Tuesday night I mean the Kings were done but it was it was still like a horrific game like yeah. both teams are terrible on offense for most of the night and that's usually what summer league is so the fact we didn't have to watch like four of these yeah. made me happy that they again not not how you want to finish out if you're the Celtics but at the same time um it was good for for us from a viewing standpoint we didn't have to like suffer through a week of this I wanted to get into Aaron Neesmith as well. He had 12 points, four for 10 from the field, just like Gretham said. I think the biggest issue was just the Kings completely took away his airspace. Again, though, we kind of saw some flashes of the guy who can break people down off the dribble a little bit, the guy who can get to the rim a little bit. And that's, if you're the Celtics, like that's encouraging. Like I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, I would like to see him make some shots now. Like there's been a little bit too many of the, oh, well, he'll get it together. He'll be fine. I'd like to see him make some threes uh, a little bit more consistently, but at the same time, it is a very, very encouraging sign that he is getting to the rim, that he is kind of, that he has kind of added a handle element to his game as well. Yeah. The off the dribble stuff is really encouraging. It's funny because now that it seems like he's more comfortable with the off the dribble stuff, then it goes to like the next step in his development, right? Which is the decision-making off the dribble. There's a couple of times where he gets past the perimeter defender, he gets into the paint a little bit, and he's a little unsure. Does he go for the little floater that he's shown off a couple times in the last week? Or does he go to a little drop off or dump off with an interior pass? And he doesn't really have the interior passing down yet. So it's like, okay, now that he's getting a little more comfortable off the dribble, you look for those next steps. But you're right. You'd like the consistency to come. He was two for eight from three tonight. But like the other guys, didn't really get a ton of really good looks. He just was never really comfortable. But I thought he was one of the main bright spots across the board. It's an obvious bright spot from this summer league. But like, like his development off the dribble is pretty promising if you can add that to his skill set moving forward because the Celtics are gonna are gonna look for him to be a contributor this year. But if you can add that little versatility and an off the dribble threat, it should open up some things for his perimeter game for sure. Yeah, the the shooting with the movement involved, I think it's just like that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me about him, you know, during this week. I will say though, like he got blown by a lot in summer league, which wasn't great. And so I mean, yeah. that's something where okay, you know, he probably wasn't gonna be asked to guard a lot of quick threes anyway, but when you see this and defense is actually where he kind of stood out on the floor last year but then you look in summer league and you're like okay well this is you're gonna gotta be guarding up as opposed to guarding down if you can't keep these guys in front of you yeah and i mean defense is is where he kind of stood out but i think a lot of that was just kind of noisy right because he was right the reason it was hustle out is because he was like trying to you know he was was trying to break
break his arm diving after everything on every play. So yeah, he definitely was like, he stood out, but I'm, I'm not, I would be curious to know like how effective Celtics coaches thought he actually was right. uh, during the season last year. B Rob, I do actually agree with that. It kind of looked like some of the issues he had at Vanderbilt, where if he gets that quicker guy off the dribble, he can't really, he's not a guy who can rely on that lateral movement. And it's almost like sometimes he was able to, to sort of get by at Vanderbilt, but even in summer league, you can't really do that. So I agree with that. I think the lateral movement or lack thereof on the defensive end kind of showed for various stints. So what do you do? You put him on fours? Like, I don't know what, what the, what the, what the plan is there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's definitely like Tom said, you know, the hustle and stuff like that was there last year, but um, clearly some work to be done on that side of the floor. And I mean, it could too just be like a conditioning thing. Like maybe I see, you know, maybe he gets a little quicker. Maybe he gets a little more used to the NBA game. Cause the other problem was that he was playing a role as a, you know, primary scorer, primary offensive option that, he, you know, he played that at Vanderbilt, but it, he was much more off ball. And this was like kind of his first time, I think, playing on ball and being more of kind of that primary guy in that way. And then also maybe if he takes a couple steps back on, on the offensive end, maybe his defense is able to, you know, ratchet up a little bit too. But one way or the other, he definitely did look a little bit flat footed at times. Other guys, I mean, just we can touch on some of these guys quickly. Uh, Juwan Beggerin had, I thought he had a couple of nice defensive plays, but nothing that really stood out and made you say they've got to have this guy on the roster starting next season. So see you in a couple of years. Good meeting you. We'll see you soon, Juwan. And then I think the other guy, Carson Edwards was five for 16. He didn't have a bad summer league. It's just at this point in his career, it feels like he needed to have something better than not a bad summer league to, to feel good about it. And I mean, you know, Missoula talked him up quite a bit as a playmaker. I, I don't know that I necessarily saw that. This was his last game in a Celtics uniform. You think so? They could make moves, but in terms of the depth start at guard, it it just does not make a lot of sense to keep him, especially when you can move him with some cash pretty easily, I would imagine. Yeah, and it's not like he showed any dramatic improvements in his skill set or anything different. Tom, like you said, I don't see the playmaking promise there really whatsoever. He still has trouble creating his own shot. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think it should be his last game in a Celtics uniform, realistically, just the way this depth chart is kind of shaking out. And I, I don't like saying that about guys. Like I don't want no, them, you know, but I, I just think it makes the most sense for the, from the team's perspective. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Last thing I just wanted to touch on. I thought it was kind of cool that like, yes, the Celtics got demolished and it was really ugly. I mean, they, they did very much seem to care. Like they, they really wanted to win summer league. I mean, Neesmith after in his, his post game talked like, he said, you know, I wanted to win. I did an interview before Summer League started, and I said my goal was to win this championship. That's why I play the game. I play the game to win. Like, he talked extensively about, like, yeah, we didn't accomplish what we what we came here to accomplish. And it's, like, it's kind of funny because what everybody should be here to accomplish is, like, hey, get a little better at, you know, shooting or get a little better at defense or whatever. And Neesmith was like, I wanted to win. But they really did seem affected by it. Like, you could see everybody on the broadcast, on the sideline, looking real bummed. And Missoula even said, like, uh, the way you guys are reacting – you know, says a lot about your, you as, you know, your character, I guess, credit to the Celtics for, for genuinely wanting to win the summer league. Credit to Peyton Pritchard for flying back from Portland <laughs> to Vegas to, to get locked up by Davion Mitchell in the championship. You should have stayed. You should have rode the wave of the 92. Should have rode the wave. Just, just go out on top, man. Oh, Meg, I mean, genuinely, can you imagine if Peyton Pritchard didn't come back, how high the hype would be about Peyton Pritchard? Oh, yeah. Because, like, everybody would be like, the Celtics would have won this game if they had Peyton Pritchard. Davion Mitchell wouldn't have been able to lock that guy down. Like, Pritchard would have been a legend. His stock would have been so much higher right now. I bet he's regretting. Mm. I bet he's sitting there in in a Vegas hotel room right now. I'd be like, why why did I come back? 
<laughs> I guarantee he's sitting there thinking that, which is funny because like, I think the thing about Pritchard is that the reason he came back is because he just wants to hoop. Like he just loves hoop and he loves, and I think he likes, you know, getting some attention for hooping too. I'm sure he, the nice like summer league spike in his stock and then the yeah. pro-am spike. Like I'm sure he, he wanted to come back and be like part of the championship summer league team and everything, but he does really just seem to love playing basketball. So to come back and just get his ass kicked for. I mean, he also had to, he had to talk them into it into letting them play. Yeah, right. Like on top yeah. of it. Now I like, yeah, no, I'm coming back. I have permission not to be here, but I'm going <laughs> to convince. Yeah, this is this meaningless game. I need to be back for my team. And um, yeah, this was just a clunker and for everyone, not just him. So, but it is, it's too bad. He couldn't ride that 92 point wave. No, I, I like firmly stand by that. He is so obsessed with basketball. I don't think there's anything on his priority list that is remotely close to basketball. So I think if the Celtics are like, hey, Peyton, sorry, the game actually got rescheduled. It's back in Boston on Wednesday. So you can just go back to Portland. You can go home. You're like, no, no, no. I'm getting on a flight right now. Yeah. Like, I'm coming later in the week. I'll see you there. I did. I liked, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. The, the Celtics tweeted out their, you know, pregame drip or whatever with like the four guys walking in and they're in their clothes. And Pritchard's wearing, you know, everybody else is wearing like nice, like kind of like casual, business casual Vegas clothes Richard is wandering in in slides and his socks and his West Lynn yeah. uh, high school basketball shorts like, I did this I zoomed in on my phone I was like you have to be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> this dude just likes two things and that's Portland and hoops so yep. I, those are title <laughs> shorts probably you probably won the title they, they were yeah, to, yeah. absolutely so he wanted to yeah. wanted to do it <laughs> twice but again great summer league for him overall despite getting locked up tonight and um I mean it's gonna be an interesting training camp all these guys Pritchard, Neesmith, Romeo, Bruno, at least Bruno. I mean, Bruno. Yeah. Like he at least at first it was like, oh, they'll, they'll dump him somewhere. And now it's like, well, maybe that is like not bad to have as a fifth big. Yeah. Um, I think there's something there. That drive to the hoop in the first quarter. I was like, whoa, I didn't know that he had this. On the the balance. Um, So yeah, I mean, sure. He's what, 22? Yeah, 23, I think. Yeah. 23? He's so, young. Big week for Bruno in terms of uh, maybe earning a spot on this roster in the fall. Bruno very clearly put himself above like Moses Brown. <laughs> like if Moses Brown had still been on the team, I yeah. think that uh, it would be like, ah, Bruno is much better. They should, yeah. they should get rid of Moses Brown. So uh, credit to Brad for doing that already. <laughs> yeah. The idea so, of Moses. Bruno is also better than Tristan Thompson for that matter. <laughs> definitely, better <laughs> than Tristan, definitely better than Tristan Thompson. Yeah, and, the, and yeah, for sure, Moses Brown. The idea of Moses Brown is so much better than Moses Brown in actuality on, you know, every other night during the regular season. For sure. Um, unless he's playing the Celtics. Correct. Anytime you can play last year's Celtics, whoever you are, you're probably going to have a good game. All right, guys. Well, I think we can leave it there for tonight. As always, we appreciate anybody who reaches out. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We really do like to hear from you guys. So if you if you have any thoughts, if you have uh, even just uh, any thoughts on the game that you want to share, we might talk about them on the pod. We appreciate you all. You know where to find us, and we will talk to you all again later this week.